0: Hello everybody and welcome to Athletic Definition. My name is Coach Ray Z and today my guest is Luke Brutus. Luke, this is your first time to Fireside. Welcome. How are you doing today?
1: Hey Ray, how's it going? Happy to be here.
0: Uh, Thank you for being here. And so Luke is a basketball innovator. Um, Me and myself, I love basketball, but if you uh, look at his Instagram, which I'll be putting up on the fortune cookie right now, he does all these original tricks, which is a Something not common, and um, we're definitely going to get into that. Uh, but I always like to, you know, start from the beginning. Uh, did you start playing basketball since you were young? Is it, was that your passion?
1: Uh, yeah, I could say that. Like ever since I was growing up, basketball was definitely my game. Um, what sort of led me to do this is, I mean, I basically would play horse with my next door neighbor every single day, along with one on one we play really rough. I'd always be taking contact. So I basically had to learn how to make shots a creative way or else they weren't going to go in. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, growing up, I mean, sports have been a large part of my life. I've always been into athletics. I did track in high school. I dabbled in basically a ton of different um, a- athletic activities. And um, over the years, I mean, I've, I've never really gave up playing basketball. And that's sort of where it brought me today.
0: Okay, so did you get to play, like, in high school and maybe have a chance
1: to play in college? You know, I did not even make my high school basketball teams. <laughs> so there's a fact for you. But, um, yeah, I mean, ever since, um, you know, even after high school and stuff, I've always played in leagues and really just kept up with the game. But, um, you know, being someone that, I don't know, I'm, I'm never content just, like, shooting around or even, you know, in whatever I do, I always just want to take it to the next level. So, you know, I'd be the person that would be, you know, doing something ridiculous, like shooting over the backboard or something. And then, you know, lo and behold, YouTube and all these other social media platforms appear. And, um, there's my chance.
0: <laughs> yes. It's a uh, perfect for you. It's like the right opportunity, right time, right place. And for anybody uh, listening in or in the audience who wants to take a look at some of the trick shots I'm talking about, I went ahead and posted his Instagram on the fortune cookie. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I always think about when I see someone who can do those type of trick shots, uh, I think of the Harlem Glowtrotters. Did you ever consider trying out for them or have they reached out to you?
1: Um, they posted on my videos once, but I'm actually, I, I went to a game when I was like 12 years old. So I have that as a nice fond memory there. But um, yeah, um, I've, I've always just um, had fun, you know, with basketball. And, you know, I'm actually in my mid thirties now. And um, I figured, you know, with, with the ability to share your skills now, um, you know, it's like you only live once. Why not just really take it to where, basically where me 'cause me um, because I've actually learned spinning the basketball from, I believe his name's Kalani Ball Free. He's on Instagram and all all different social media platforms. But I actually learned to spin a basketball on my finger when I was 30 years old. So I didn't really know half of the stuff I've been doing actually until later in life.
0: Oh, wow. That, that makes it even more interesting. So, you know, I, I do tricks I do a what's car what's called the cardistry. I don't practice it as much but it's basically doing a card tricks but not like magic, although I do some of those and those are all very time consuming. So how much hours do you put into practicing?
1: Um right now, I mean, I have a full-time job, so what I'll do is every day I'll just block off like 30 minutes to an hour if possible and I'll just try to fit that in with my schedule, but um I've actually um I, I mean I, I saw and I've listened to, to your podcasts already and I've i I was actually a pretty avid runner as well but then like as of recently I sort of just switched it up but um I, I've been sort of using that as my somewhat of my cardio right now to just get keep keep moving around and stuff like that.
0: Uh, running? You've been using running to keep up in cardio?
1: Oh, sorry, I just meant my basketball in general, like. You know, I'll be 30, you know, to an hour a day playing basketball. But um, I, I sort of sub that in for my running, which, you know, I I was doing half marathons. I, I did three of those. And I was doing 5Ks regularly for like in my mid-20s.
0: Oh, very cool. And uh, I guess before we move on from the Harlem Growth Trotters, I, I are you also an NBA fan? Because I heard that they want, uh, they're want they making a, a pitch to the NBA to bring them in as a team.
1: You know, I, I did see that. Couldn't tell if it was a publicity stunt or not, but it was, it seems pretty cool. I, I love all their content and seeing all the crazy stuff they do. But um, I'm actually wa- um, watching the NBA draft right now. So being a Sixers fan, it's a little bit rough. And um, I just saw that, I mean, I'm guessing you're a Lakers fan. And um, I just saw they got Westbrook, so that's not looking good for the Sixers.
0: Well, uh, you know, I I, w- I would like to see the Harlem glow trotters make it because i know they have a lot of talented players and they're they goof around on purpose so it'd be interesting to see what they could actually do against uh, i know they won't get blown
1: out and um as far I would as totally go for it that'd be awesome
0: yeah and then as far as a i am a laker fan but i'm also a clipper fan you know growing up in la laker tickets have always been expensive so i would go to clipper games because they were more affordable and then um to be honest with you, then when Jordan retired, I kind of stopped watching the game for a little bit. And then um, it seemed like every every kid after Jordan retired just wanted to dunk and the game kind of wasn't the same. And then a bunch of the Euro players started coming into the league and they kind of just brought back shooting as well, kind of more fundamentals. So then the game became more balanced. I started watching it more and now i'm just more of an nba fan i i just like to watch good basketball
1: yeah i think you're right about that with like dunking and stuff like in the in the 2000s and stuff like when i really was into watching the nba first like just seeing yeah the dunk was the thing and like at that time when i'd play i mean being not the most athletic guy on earth like i always thought it was easier to just practice one of the skill shots and that's sort of what led me to where i'm at right now well, you know, other people would just be, you know, practicing jumping as high as they possibly can and dunking over somebody, but um yeah, um I still still have aspirations to dunk, but um on a little bit of a hiatus right now. I got a little bit of tendon issues, but I'm all good.
0: Well, I was going to mention that as well. Uh, I've never been able to dunk. I remember I used to be able to touch the bottom of the rim. I still have aspirations of dunking, so that's one one of my goals as well. Have you ever been able to dunk before?
1: Yeah, actually um 2 years ago when I was 32 it was the first time I ever dunked a basketball. And that's all due to the Ben Patrick ATG stuff um really just getting like basically my body moving in like full ranges of motion, just gaining strength in a lot of the smaller muscles in my body that were just weak and um it really just opened my eyes to um I guess what's possible like with age. It really just sort of took away some of like, my preconceived notions that like of what you know, limits I really had on myself. And that actually helped um, really move, move me where I'm going right now, where I'm really not afraid to, you know, try anything new or just get myself out there and um, really just basically explore my athletic abilities at, at any age.
0: So once you start the program, how, how long did it take you to actually be able to
1: dunk? Um, when I, Actually, prior to the program, I was, like, doing, you know, heavy squats and stuff like that. So that aided in my jumping – But when I was jumping, I basically felt like crap afterwards. Like I, I do these grueling, you know, squat workouts, and it it got me close to where I needed to be. But just starting by adding in some of the, um, like this the ATG split squat and some of these other like you know exercises that just really actually like gave you some range of motion at the same time. It it suddenly like I was playing basketball outside, and I felt like I was basically ten years younger. I'm like, oh my. My knees are supposed to hurt now. Why is that not happening right now? So it it definitely opened my eyes and i um, then yeah, I was dunking consistently for around a year and a half but um still being in my 30s and you know with a probably a bro mentality of just, you know, go balls to the walls at all moments instead of taking it slow, I tried every single one of you know, experimental exercise I could possibly fit into one day and I ended up um hurting the tendons behind my knee a little bit I, it's nothing serious but I, I it just made me sort of realize that you know it's steady progress is a lot better than you know trying to gain everything possible and then you know actually getting injured
0: what was the kind of craziest uh, experimental workout you did or product you
1: took well it was it went, when when um, i ben was creating a lot of the different exercises everything obviously scales and it pro- progresses forward and i i didn't progress i just tried you know the hardest one possible before i was ready for it so you know instead of doing things in the the manner they were supposed to be done and i i just you know my my, got my i let my ego get in front of me and then i it you know caused me to pay
0: so i'm going to give a little insight to the audience and anyone listening in uh basically uh i met luke through uh he's a, a student uh as well as i am of atg which is a part of the Knees over toes and, and Keegan, which is, um, I would say it's interesting that it's 2021 and a lot of these exercises have been around, or but they just lost popularity for a reason or another. But these are basic exercises that make you feel younger. Like you were saying, Um, I play basketball against my son and my nephew and I, I play like four hours against them. And after not playing for a while, you know, due to COVID and I'm like, wow i'm like i feel i feel good i I don't feel like i i normally feel especially after not playing for so long so it to me it is a great system um i actually because of the system i think that i can dunk and will be able to dunk uh one day because when i first started doing it i got excited and i kind of probably went a little too hard and i did feel like tendons flare up um but then I kind of took a couple days off and I'm like, I, I got to start from the beginning because I'm not that strong. So it's worked out for me. Now it's just about actually a, uh, recording and uh, tracking everything so I can prove it's working, you know, Be- although I think the most important thing is just to say, hey, when I wake up in the morning, I feel good.
1: Yeah, that's that's a definite plus there because I've, I've always had a um I don't know a work ethic of you know just push as hard as you could, you know tr- try your best, which I still do, but i it would be at the expense of my body sometimes where i i would I wouldn't listen to the cues my body was giving me no, yeah you know, no pain, no gain attitude, and I would just you know push right through until I actually did just cause an injury and now I think I finally learned that after thirty four years of life so um, i'm I'm happy to be there right now and to really actually think being pro- progressed forward where... I want to be headed
0: and so you know with uh, your basketball tricks is that something you just do for fun um do you have aspirations of taking it somewhere uh or you know i always see uh, people come into like doing basketball games like uh, and they do like sh- like trick shots basically has anyone reached out to you for that
1: um no one has reached out to me really specifically on actually events yet but i i really do want to want to take it to somewhere where i can profit off of it i mean over the next year, I really just want to hone in my skills and just practice every day so that I can actually, you know, reproduce a lot of these things on command. I could do, I could do all most of the tricks you see in the videos. I don't know, some of them take a, enough takes to do, but you'll be able to tell just by you know some of the shots. But um, I've I've really tried to make it more of a, a skill than just you know some fun thing I, I do on the side, and I'm really trying to um, yeah, incorporate just coordination skills and stuff like that into. Coaching as well because um, I'm i mean in general I'm passionate about coordination. I um I taught myself handstands in the last few years. I taught myself um you know what the slack line is? Mm, no, I don't think it's, it's basically like a tightrope. Um, climbers I think originally did oh, it. Yes, yes, yeah, but it's between two trees. I, I taught myself that. Um, obviously, you could see I, I taught myself juggling, but all of those type of things. I feel like they um they definitely lead to um success in in other areas of sports and um if not not, not all of them obviously i mean you know some of the stuff is gimmicky but if, i think that some of the hand-eye coordination you learn from some of these skills definitely translates to success in other sports and it's not always being utilized and um that, that's what i like to have fun with
0: oh wow that <clears throat> that's interesting so were these all hobbies you picked up uh, during covid
1: um, they, they weren't all during COVID. Um, I mean, <laughs> during COVID, I, I was able to actually hone my skills actually better because the the basketball courts, most of them had the um, hoops taken off, but there's a couple um, hoops that were near churches nearby that, you know, there was no one near it. Social distancing was at the max. So I would never have to fight for a spot to shoot around. So it, and sometimes it actually helped out, but, um, over the i'd say over the last five years i've really actually focused on a lot of those hobbies and just um taking them to a a new spot and um, really just enjoyed them
0: and uh i know you're i think you said it's maybe like nine ish where you're at Uh, are you in the east coast are you in canada
1: i am about an hour outside of philadelphia okay all right and so
0: how is it like playing basketball in the winter time over there is it pretty full of snow I imagine
1: yeah yeah it it, it gets rough um this year um, I actually um the one day there was, Red Bull was having a contest um, for a, a trick shot contest and I actually had to shovel snow uh, to, to be able to shoot basketball we got we got pummeled with like 3 feet in one of the storms this winter so there was there was a couple nice storms but um yeah this, this year as I I really was starting to take it more seriously it also <laughs> Man, I had to shovel more. So yeah, it, it's definitely a, a factor. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. So how did you do in the Red Bull uh, competition?
1: Or- I, I actually was one of the winners. They picked. Um, they picked four. I think there was four overall, and I, I won. So um, yeah, <laughs> that was fun.
0: And uh, what do you get for that? Probably any chance, if you don't mind sharing?
1: You know, if if Red Bull is listening to this, I never actually got my prize delivered to me, but I was supposed to get two cases of Red Bull. I think a basketball and a jersey, <laughs> but um, it's probably good they didn't send me two cases of Red Bull because that's, you know, my heart probably couldn't take it.
0: Yes. Although as far as Red Bull, the events, they host some very cool events that are different and uh, they normally wouldn't get any sort of limelight. Like they have a very cool, uh, I think, uh, I think I've seen surfing competitions and then for sure I've seen DJ competitions. I've seen a uh, breakdancing competitions.
1: Oh yeah, I, I don't want to knock Red Bull because they do definitely have a lot of uh, cool contests. Um, right near them, um, where I live, actually in um, Manayunk, PA, right outside of Philly, they um, they have a yearly. Um, for, I don't know what the contest is called, but it's a downhill race with like these cars that like you, you just make by yourself, and um, there's there's some crazy crashes, but it, it's it's super fun to watch, and i um, just seeing like the creativity these people get to like make these. Um, different vehicles and stuff. It's really cool to see. But uh, yeah, I've seen that and other types of like three-on-three basketball contests. You name it, they got it.
0: And then since you did uh, mention, you know, you're into coordination and uh, I believe you are a coordination coach. What would, how would that differ, say, compared to like a personal trainer, which more, it's a more common term that people would be familiar with.
1: Yeah, like a a personal trainer. I mean, you know, in terms of like sports training or something where someone's like specialized for, The sport at hand, like, you know, if if I'm, if I want to teach somebody coordination, like I I wouldn't be as, it would be more of a general um, practices. It it wouldn't be like, I'm, I'm trying to just always teach them say basketball per se, you know, just learning how to, you know, juggle three regular lacrosse balls, or I don't know if you've ever seen some of those reaction balls you could throw on the ground and quickly like move your hands to to catch them. Um, A a lot of the tools, even like that slack line itself, um, they're all just different types of um, activities that incorporate ba- strength and balance and um, different modalities to really just um, up your hand-eye coordination. your get- keep your overall balance in check. And um, I-, I could see in my own life, especially you know being someone that's over 30. Once when I play um, you know five on five now, I, I noticed you know some improvements in my game that I-, I wouldn't think would be happening at this stage in life. Like for instance. If I was guarding somebody one on one, I was never somebody that would just swipe the ball and steal it from you. But I, I seem to have that ability now, so that's um, you know, I, I could only attribute that to the practices I've been doing.
0: Yes, I I still feel that uh, people can improve as they get older, and um, and it's not going to be just one thing. It, it typically is more than just one modality, because, I mean, uh. If we're going to be honest, if you say, hey, well, I want to lose weight, it's not going to be just like, oh, well, go do this one exercise. It's going to be like your diet, what you, how much you exercise, what you eat, how much uh, stress you have. There's a lot of things that go, how much sleep you get, um, how much you drink alcohol. So a lot of things go into it. It's not just one thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. A ton of factors go into it, but yeah, you're right on that one.
0: And uh, when you play five on five, is this just at a local park, or do you play in a like a league?
1: I, I played in a few leagues um, over the last couple of years, but I'm actually I have a group of guys that are all around my age, and every Wednesday we've been playing for a long time. Um, COVID knocked it out for a little bit, but um, we're back at it again, and we're we, we got we got three three on three last week. we we're, we're, we're up in the ranks and trying to get fives again this week on.
0: Oh, that's very cool. Uh, me and my friends kind of do the same thing too. COVID kind of ruined it for a while, but yeah, we've been playing every Saturday morning around eight o'clock for, I don't know, 15 years. So it, it, it's pretty nice. Now it's to the point where we have like a, you know, it's fathers and, and sons and like their friends and it's a good, it's a good mix of youth and, and uh veteranship.
1: That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. But I have a 5-year-old son right now so I'm a little bit off from that but he's already pretty tall so I'm getting a little bit nervous <laughs> as he gets older time will come and he'll he'll take over
0: now does he uh try to dribble the basketball cuz he sees you or you know do handstands
1: uh yeah he'll he'll do like he'll basically only copy the more ridiculous things like if he throws me a ball he'll only want to throw the ball behind his back so <laughs> those type of things are definitely rubbing off on my kids and when I play um Fives with um my friends now I, I I just I'm pretty much made fun of always as the TikTok guy now so there we go.
0: Okay, you know <laughs> I I haven't checked out your TikTok. I've just seen your Instagram uh, video so far, but
1: it's the I, same stuff.
0: <laughs> but um, is your following pretty large on TikTok?
1: Um, no, it's really not that large. I didn't start it that long yet, but um, I'm hoping to get it there. We shall see.
0: Yeah, TikTok's weird, and where it just goes viral, and then it goes out of control on its own.
1: Yeah, I'm still trying to understand it. Um, actually, my, my full time job is um, I manage a website and apps for um, a community college. So I'm I'm sort of into that um to begin with. Just you know, social media in general, just understanding that kind of um how how it works. And um, it's it's been a it's been fun the last couple months just messing with that and trying to figure out like how that. TikTok algorithm really works.
0: Okay, so since you're kind of in the business, uh, I know you're. I think you were hanging out a little bit in the green room back there. Um, you know, what do you think of Fireside so far?
1: I think it's pretty cool. I mean, seeing um, you know a lot of different social media apps, and even just gr- growing up with like you know something like a AOL chat room. I, I, I like this because it's like it just seems more authentic, being actually able to like just talk one on one. Have people in you know in the room like that. Um, my my one coworker was telling me about another one. I believe it, what is it called? It starts with a C. I forget. But I, I I looked into all these other apps then, and they were all oh Clubhouse, I think it was. But uh, e- either way, I mean this 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 framework seems pretty cool, and um, I I definitely like it.
0: Uh yes, uh, I I I know of all the other platforms, and it. I mean, they just keep coming out. They keep coming out. You know, if I don't think most people have noticed when I show them on Facebook, I'm like, look, if you look on the left, there's a little audio chat section. They're like, what? So people aren't even paying attention to it, but it's everywhere. Uh, But uh, uh, for me, this is uh, the best platform. And uh, it's so easy. You know, you you were like, hey, I want to make sure everything goes smooth and took a couple minutes and then you could just have great conversation.
1: Yeah, totally. I was expecting it to be way harder, and then like you just clicked one link, and I'm like, "Oh, it's done. Okay." <laughs> so, yeah, pretty easy.
0: And so, also, if you want, I can uh, share your Instagram. I mean, your TikTok uh, on the Fortune Cookie, so people can uh, take a look at your videos. Uh, Luke is uh, basically he does a uh, trick basketball shots and uh, different. I don't know. They're not just shots because you do. What What would you call it?
1: Yeah, that, that's the, I think that's, um, the hardest thing to explain just because I'm like doing like a wide range of things, but it's like a combination of like juggling, like making layups, trick shots, um, even spinning the basketball. I mean, I guess, um, in the USA, like, I mean, freestyle basketball is sort of what it's called, but, um, it's not exactly that. I, I've seen like overseas, they'll do, um, different types of competitions that like but it'll involve more like music and like almost more like dance into it. Mine, there's definitely not dance in mine. That's not going to happen, but um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really just combination of juggling and basketball skills and just trying to make it into, I don't know, an art form, an act, whatever you want to call it.
0: So, I mean, some of those shots are pretty difficult. Um, if, if you like say had to do an act, would you be able to pull off like a few of those shots one after another, after another, like diff- variety?
1: I would be able to if if the ones that you watch when I'm like juggling and like just making layups in a row, like I can consistently like juggle and make shots at the same time. Like that's a definite skill I have honed down. It's just once you know I'm getting to like you know shooting like half court shots or stuff like that. I'm definitely not going to make a half court shot every time, but um, close to the rim, a lot of those shots I'm pretty consistent now.
0: Did you see the robot? I think they might have a put him in a halftime show and he can do free throw shots and then they back him up and he can shoot uh, three pointers and he doesn't miss. And then they put him in the half court and he makes it. The only thing it takes him about 45 seconds to shoot it. So I I would block the crap out of him by then. But, (coughs) you know, I I wasn't too impressed. I'm like, it takes him forever to get the shot up, but he won't miss.
1: I don't know, Ray. Are you just basically saying I'm about to be replaced by a machine? Because it, it seems like it.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, it's coming. It I, definitely I, is. Why are they building basketball player robots? I like, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're watching the draft now. Maybe in ten years, the, it'll be a robot. Who knows?
0: Did uh, maybe it was in the in the Olympic uh, games? Did you get a chance to see that shooting robot? It kind of went viral a little bit.
1: I actually missed the robot. No, I, I didn't. I didn't see it. Sounds cool though. <laughs>
0: yeah it was cool it was cool just don't don't replace us
1: <laughs> not yet please
0: and uh as far as coaching uh is there anybody you prefer to coach uh kids adults
1: i mean i'm i'm up for coaching anybody i've i've you know i've i've coached a wide range of of things like i'm i'm actually coaching my my next door neighbor right now who is in seventh grade to teaching him how to just get a better vertical jump but i've you know, I've been teaching like diet advice and stuff like that as well. Um, so I've I've done a whole wide range. You know, from elderly to kids, and I I basically have a good time with all of it.
0: Me, I I prefer um, to coach like teenagers and above. Um, you have to have a lot of patience with kids, and and it takes a certain personality to to be good. And I know plenty of good kid coaches, and I'm like, you know, they're I could just tell they're. They're like a different level with the way the kids respond to them, you know, and that's great that that that's uh, we need people like that. But uh, I think uh, teenagers, I can they relate to me more, I think, and uh, older people, I can communicate better with them.
1: Yeah, I do have more experience with teens and older as well. I mean, I I coached them actually. uh... It was a like a rec league uh, basketball team that was ninth to twelfth grade for I believe five years out of college. And um yeah, that was that was an interesting mix having kids, you know, fourteen, what one kid would be five feet tall, ninety pounds, and then you'd have a, a senior that was, you know, the starting linebacker on the high school football team and um <laughs> trying to keep those games in check was always fun. Um but, but um yeah it was, it was, it was an awesome experience and I'd, I would, I would actually love to do it again.
0: So I know you work full time and and then you're a father. uh, So are you, are, what, what would you like to do in in basketball? Uh, I know you're saying you would like to, you know, monetize it somehow, but would you prefer to do the coaching or would you prefer to do more of like the entertainment side with the trick shots?
1: Um, you know what? I'm, I'm really just trying to weigh my options right now. I mean, what I'm doing right now is over the next year, I'm really just trying to hone in my skills as much as possible because I mean one, I mean I, I would not m- mind you know doing events and stuff like that and just you know showing people what's actually possible with basketball, helping kids you know s- just see that you know anything's possible with practice. But at the same time, like like I said before, I, I'm I'm pretty passionate about um, just coordination and you know training in, in general. And I think if I'm able to, you know, build a skill set and a knowledge base, I'd really be able to just do both. And I'm, I would totally enjoy that.
0: That, that's awesome. There's no reason why you should uh, cut out things that you're passionate about. That That's what I think people always tell me, you need to niche down, you need to niche down. But, you know, uh, you're the first basketball person that I've had on the podcast, which is great. Um, I like to have a variety of people because i play a variety of sports so i've already had uh, the blind surfing
1: champion i've had um i just listened to that one that was awesome
0: a, a triple jumper uh from nigeria uh, olympian um just a variety jiu-jitsu and some people well why are you doing that you know you niche down but i do all those sports i, I play those sports i'm interested i'm passionate about it and you got to do something you're passionate about and i don't believe that you have to kind of like a lot of people tell you well you need to focus on something and i think you can i i i feel and know you can do both so good luck to you and and uh, what what type of coaching do you offer is it in person right now is it online
1: um right now it's just in person i mean working full-time right now i don't want to branch out too hard especially because i'm trying to really just build my skill set as well and just get as get as good as i can but um yeah, I, I I would um eventually you know online anything like that would be a possibility for him.
0: Okay, so if anyone listening in right now or in the future uh, in the podcast, they get to hear it uh, in the Philadelphia area. What part of Philadelphia are you in? I'm
1: um, actually it's it's Whitehall, PA, so it's like an hour outside of Philly.
0: Okay, so if anybody's there and is interested in some uh, strength coordination, well. Strength training and um, coaching coordination, and just uh, man, you know the juggling. I've tried it, not so good at it. Um, that tight rope, what's it called? It's like tightroping but you it's,
1: called slack, it's called slack. It's called slackline. A, a lot of those, like I feel like the learning curve initially is pretty tough, but then it once was. you get it, it, it the next steps are are easier. It's um, but yeah. Like, juggling at first was super hard for me as well it wasn't like it just came you know to me instantly but once i was able to juggle because i previously had skills in basketball the combination of those two things translated pretty quickly for me
0: so in los angeles they have a thing called uh i'll give them a free plug might as well i think it's called the fit expo and you can go there and it's a little bit of everything it's a bunch of uh competitions from like Muay Thai fighting to weightlifting, a lot of powerlifting, weightlifting, uh, uh, bodybuilding. Um, I've done the jitsu competitions there. And then they have booths uh, where you just walk around and they, they had that tightrope thing. I tried it there a few times. Uh, it was tough. And then from there I went and tried the Ninja Warrior Wall. And then from there I went and did the army pushup contest. And I, I just had a blast in there, but I was dead from just trying every single little toy in there. For me, <laughs> it was like heaven. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to try it.
1: Yeah, using a lot of muscles you're not used to using, I guess. That'll wear yeah,
0: Because I've done a warp ball uh, a few times, but this was the official Ninja Warrior one and I hadn't done it for a while. So could I, you I, get it? No, I failed. I would love to go back now. And I think they are going to, you know, with COVID, everything had to stop. So I think they're going to bring it
1: back. Yeah, I, I always wanted to try that. I'm actually my my one friend who lives around here is is in it. Logan Craiglo is, um, I believe it's what it's like fourth or fifth season, but um, he he does American Ninja Warrior, and um, yeah, he's he's really in shape and <laughs> super impressive.
0: Oh wait, so he's like reoccurring on on the show?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's um, I I don't know how far he got so far this season. I know he at least got to the second round, but he was yeah, he was a recurring um player in it
0: at one of the gyms i worked at uh obi he he was one of our members He's my buddy he he made it on american ninja warrior and when he started working out like he he wasn't as strong and then he just went at it uh, and maybe in about two years he, he qualified for it i was impressed you know like i love to see that that's part of the thing that i love about coaching and and seeing people work out just kind of seeing them develop and grow and uh, not just like strength wise, but like mentally and, and confidence and everything like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of limits that they in- initially had before them were all just mental and they just, you know, sort of just broke free from them. And now they're able to just realize that they could accomplish a lot more than they originally thought.
0: Uh, yes. I know for me, I the first time I ran a marathon, once I accomplished it, I was like, because there was a doubt, I really wasn't quite sure if I could do it, and that's why I did it to take on that challenge. And once I completed it, I was like, "It was a one and done thing for me at the time, you know." But fifty-four marathons later, it, it turned out not to be. But at the time, I was like, "Wow, if I could do this, what else can I do?" I, I didn't think I could do that, or I had doubt. It was such a a good uh, building block for confidence, and and that's why. I, I push uh, working out so much, and I'm happy that you're the, one of the first uh, ATG family members I get to bring on here. Uh, one of the many, so that people could uh, just meet a bunch of different passionate coaches that are really interested about helping people and not just ripping them off. Um, because in today's uh, social media, you know, they're just following people with six packs, which there's nothing wrong with that, but. Are you working out, or or is that photoshopped? You know, and so,
1: um, yep, all the camera angles, everything. You know, going to make something look perfect when it truly isn't. But yeah, I agree.
0: And this is a the beauty of you know fireside and, and these type of uh, uh, you know social media and as this expands, you can you can really hear the person if they believe in what they're talking about. You know, if they're passionate, like you could come out here and tell me you're passionate ba- about basketball. But if you're not really passionate about it, you wouldn't be able to carry on a conversation about it.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. And, um, yeah, I mean, like you said about marathons, though, you ran three in a row then back to back to back.
0: Yeah, so I, I did. Um, actually, I, th- I just posted it today. So I ran like, I don't know, 20 marathons, maybe without training. And when, when when I mean without training, the first one, I literally didn't train nothing.
1: Um, like didn't run at all, just 26 to start. Yeah,
0: I was. A, <laughs> That's awesome. I was depressed. I was kind of going through a divorce, basically. And, and, and then uh, I'm like, I need to do something that I've always wanted to do, which was LA Marathon. As a little kid, I seen it on TV. Didn't even know what 26.2 miles was. I just wanted to do it. And so then I'm like, OK, I'm going to do it and I signed up, and then right away people started like, you're going to do it, you're not going to do it. It was like 50-50 split. I even had family members bet against me, and and people at work were like betting, so I was like... (laughs) So then the day came, and I ran it, and mile 16 came, and I got cramps from the top of my waist to the very bottom of my Achilles ankle, and on both legs and i was like ah oh, that's it i'm done and then i heard everybody like you're not gonna do it you're not gonna do it and that pushed me through and i couldn't walk right for a month after that and uh after that it was like okay like eight months later i'm like i can't believe i'm that sore. i'm gonna do it again <laughs> i did it again but maybe i ran here and there but i didn't know how to properly train for it and then It was kind of cool to go to different cities I had never been to. And then I would tell my friend, hey, let's go. And we would just party and drink beer the whole night before. So like the first 20 to 25, they weren't serious. They were just kind of more like, hey, let's go to Vegas and run. All right, let's do it. you know?
1: Hey, those are still feats of mental toughness there. You weren't even training correctly and you just plowed through 26 miles. That's impressive.
0: Yeah. And then I I kind of realized, I'm like, well, I have some sort of talent. Not quite sure what it is, but uh, I think it's really just more a high pain tolerance is what I realized because you know through ATG I realized how stiff I've been my whole life and tight, but because I'm my pain tolerance is high, I never really noticed it. Like until I'm becoming more flexible and activating muscles, I'm like, oh, there it is. I'm like, I never knew that worked like that, and so yeah that part is so interesting because when I first reached out to you know Ben I told him uh, i was telling the a t g you know people i'm like i wanna get strong in my weak muscles because I knew running into the later miles you know i've worked at ballet total fitness i've worked at l a fitness i've worked at uh u f c gym i've worked at uh, i can't even think of the other one and like and then an m m a gym so I know strength training, you know, works, but to a point, it doesn't seem to be helping those ligaments and tendons. You know, if if you look at the NBA or the NFL, these guys are all solid in strength, and that's not what's being hurt or being injured every year. It's their ACL, it's some sort of ligament, it's some sort of Achilles. So that's what I've been working on. I I feel the difference, and so. In 2017, I decided to um, run a marathon, which was San Francisco Marathon. And then within five days, I competed at Jiu-Jitsu World League. And there was no one in my age bracket. So they're like, we could give you your money back or you could drop down an age bracket and compete. So I did. And then uh, I got second place in my age group. And I'm like, wow, if I could do that, I could run back-to-back marathons. So then... Five months later, I ran back-to-back marathons. And then the next year, I did it again. I'm like, well, if I could do back-to-back, I could do three in a row. So then I went for it. And, you know, by by this time, it was like I wanted it to kind of be special. So I set it up so that my 50th marathon would be the Lake Tahoe Triple. So uh, it was 48, 49, and 50. Uh, was I ran, I ran a marathon Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, around Lake Tahoe basically in, in increments in sections and um, that was in 2019 I wanted to do it back to back it, it was the toughest thing I've done to date and then covid hit and this year I have the opportunity uh to go back you know once again uh stride for stride basically sponsored me um, so thank you to them and uh I've had them on the past show if you want to hear more about them and their great organization and um, I'm going to use that because I have my times documented officially, you know, clocked by them. And I'm going to use my training to ATG to see if I could go in there and shatter my previous times. And so I'm I'm training for that right now to uh, run the Lake Tahoe Triple once again in October.
1: That's awesome. Like in terms of um, how you feel running now versus like pre-doing the ATG exercises, like it, is there like a – definitive like difference right now like is there like specific like muscles or something that just like you definitely notice
0: oh yes and you know um i would say it's a lot of the achilles and calves. it's the low, it, it was always the lower part and and then i've really, i've got into barefoot training a lot too or just even going for a walk take off your shoes and i go i like to get my coffee in the morning go to the park walk uh, barefoot and then I do my backwards walking and I have my coffee and then I do my other workout but I like to just do it barefoot if you do weights you have to be a lot more careful but I've been getting into that and I just feel that my feet overall are getting stronger which is what I wanted to the weak parts you know and and then I can touch my toes now I can almost do the palms to the floor so I can feel that lengthening that you know Ben's always talking about that strength through length. Um, but I could also see that I could still lengthen even more, which makes me think what more athletic range or how much more better can I feel once I get there?
1: Uh, that, that that basically mirrors a lot of things that have happened with me. Like feet were definitely an issue. And doing a lot of these exercises, like my feet definitely had a big difference in terms of um, barefoot um, running and stuff like that. Actually – when I was running probably like 10 years ago, I was using Vibram five fingers for a while and they definitely were, um, like it was helping me out, but I didn't really understand what I was doing as much back then. But now I definitely incorporate the barefoot into a lot of what I do. And, um, yeah, touching my toes was always basically an impossibility. And now, you know, finally being able to do that in my thirties, you know, it just seems kind of, it just seems strange to me that like, I could never do that my entire life. But, um, Yeah, just unlocking those ranges and just really allowing me to improve is it just feels awesome right now.
0: Yes, I think a lot of people would think, Oh, that's silly. You could you can't touch your toes. I'm like, that's right. I'm like fifty some marathons, blue belt in jujitsu, you know, do boxing here and there, play basketball once a week, and I couldn't touch my toes. So just like being physically active doesn't mean that you have strong ligaments or tendons, right, or or athletic range. So uh, I knew there was something missing. And I'm so glad I found it. I wish I would have found it in my younger years so I could have had a chance to, who knows, compete and who knows what could have happened. But I, I still think at this point I could definitely smash some records and it'll be even better because they're going to be like, you You shouldn't be able to do this.
1: Yeah, good luck. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what your times are. What, what's your best marathon time so far?
0: Uh, sub four, which means uh under four hours. Awesome. But, but for that, the and I'm just kind of going. well, oh, actually, no, I have it here on my notes. Um, which when I look back on the times, I was a little bit surprised at the times I got. So now, uh, the first day it, it was called the the Lakeside Marathon, and I ran it in five hours, thirty four minutes, thir- thirteen seconds. And then the second day was the Cal Nevada Marathon, and you, it, you basically run from California to Nevada, which is pretty cool. And that one, I did it in 5 hours, 19 minutes, 33 seconds. And then the last day, it's called the Lake Tahoe Marathon. And I did that in 5 hours, 19 minutes, and 1 second. So each day, I actually improved. And on the <laughs> last one, it was by 30 seconds. And I feel that I'm on great pace to break that. The only uh, obstacle is... I have not been able to get in elevation training thus far compared to when I did in two thousand nineteen. Um, but I didn't do ATG in two thousand nineteen. So I still think even I I'll probably be only be able to get maybe one month of elevation training uh before it actually happens and and I'm good that that's gonna have to be good enough.
1: Like in by elevation, do you mean like higher altitude, or do you mean like running like up uh, up elevation?
0: Uh, both, because you know I live in Southern California, Lake Tahoe's in Northern, mm-hmm. uh, and so <clears throat> the elevation was up like from seven thousand, nine thousand, and then besides that, it's the breathing. Um, I got there on a Thursday, and the marathon was Friday, and I would say like for most of it, I was like dry heaving. Like I felt like I wanted to drive heat, but it was just like
1: my body trying to get oxygen. Oh, okay. Then- so there's a definitive difference with the air there.
0: Yeah. And then the next day, it was like half of the half of the marathon I felt like that. And then by the third day, I, I, I felt like I could just breathe better, you know? And because I could breathe better, I was able to push exactly the same pace, I guess, and then always at the end I'm going to try and finish strong so I think that's how I beat it by a few seconds which I wasn't expecting it (laughs) I wasn't expecting to do better each day I definitely feel that just getting acclimated to the breathing Um, so before I go I definitely got to work on um, some good breathing techniques we actually went over I think what three weeks ago I I don't know if you uh, went to that uh, class
1: I, I missed that ATG call
0: yeah, the good thing it's on video. I need to go back to that because I, I, I messed around a little bit with the Wim Hof method. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried any of that.
1: I did some of the actual, I did um cold weather runs where I would just run like outside, like basically without a shirt on with, when it was like, you know, sub below zero. I, I didn't, I did some of the breathing, but I didn't get too deep into it. But yeah, I, I did dabble in some of his stuff.
0: Oh, that's right. So Have you always lived in Philadelphia? You're 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 kind of more used to the cold than over here in sunny
1: California. Yeah, I got a little bit of advantage for (laughs) on that area with the cold over here. But yeah, but I've I've been doing that for a a bit now. The last couple, I would say, a couple, like probably five years, I've been going on and off with just trying to incorporate that in. But you know, it it, you can only do as much as you know how cold it is outside. But I like it.
0: Well, what what's the cause for me? And that was the coldest I've ever, you know, done anything in like that. It was like, I think, 15 degrees. And to me, that was freezing. I I, I was like, I'm not going to do this after all. It's too cold. <laughs> I was telling myself that, having a panic attack. But to me, that that was freezing.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. Like it, Below freezing here, like, I don't know. Like, there's been a couple days where it was like probably like 10 degrees or like less than that. And I was... I wasn't going for like a full, you know, like marathon run or something. So that is a different story. But um, actually, the the worst one I was in is I did the Tough Mudder in 2012, and it was unseasonably cold. I believe it was right at the freezing mark. And the first um, obstacle they had was just a it was a dumpster filled with ice water, and you had to swim underneath this one obstacle in it and come out the other side. And I don't think I've ever felt that kind of shock in my life coming out of water. when it was already freezing outside, just having to still run, you know, 10 miles after that. But, um, yeah, it was a shock to the system.
0: Since you mentioned a tough mudder, have you ever done a Spartan?
1: I didn't do the Spartan. I, I did the, um, I did the warrior dashes right when they came out. I actually had a great time doing the first one. I think it was the second time they ever had one of those warrior dashes. It was very unorganized, but at the same time, the chaotic nature of it made it really fun. And, um, yeah, I did the I think the Tough Mudder I did in 2012 or 13 when it was still pretty early on as well. But um, yeah, I, I'll probably eventually get one of the Spartan ones done. I think, don't those have like three tiers or something you could do?
0: You know, I've never actually done any of those. I, I want to. They they just look like a lot of fun. And I saw Tough Mudder and Spartan were teaming up for a one-time only uh, combination race somewhere like in the East Coast. And um, the the original creator of spartan the the real race is called the death race and it's like some 24 hour ultra race where they don't let you sleep and then they throw you out into the snow and then your race begins and most people won't do that so he actually came up with the spartan race for that average person that kind of uh, like want to get excited about working out and it caught on and now it's huge but that his whole reason for creating the spartan race was to get the death race popular
1: yeah, it was. I remember when those first came out. Like, I got some random email. I don't even know how I like I found it, but like, they they it was before they really caught on. And within like a two three year period, they just exploded. That they're everywhere. I was in a. There was also a locally. I believe it was in like right outside of um. Like I think it was in Maryland. They had a. It was the Great Bull Run, but they just released bulls out of cages, and they had like a, a shoot that they ran them through. And I, I did that. <laughs> probably five years ago that was pretty fun not the smartest thing but um you know it's not surprising they don't do it anymore
0: oh wow I, they actually did that here in the united states
1: yeah it was in the united states it was just like they ran like i believe it was like heats of like 10 bulls at a time and there was like i think it was like 40 to 50 people in this like i don't know like quarter to a half mile shoot and like there was little enclaves you could go on the side to like move out of the way but um thinking back, you know, that wasn't the best idea to do, but at the time I thought it was a great idea.
0: I mean, yeah, it sounds like something I would do, uh, when I was younger. Um, I just, I wouldn't do that now at, at this point, but, uh, Luke, I, I wanted to, uh, thank you so much for, uh, coming on the show and, uh, for everyone listening in, if they're in the Philadelphia area and, uh, want to uh, link up with Luke, who is a great coach. Um, Go ahead and check out his Instagram that I put on the fortune cookie. He does a lot of cool juggling trick shots. Uh, I would say very on the Harlem glow trotter uh, level. And so if anyone's interested on that as well, how can uh, people reach you?
1: Yeah, you can, um, you can uh, message me on Instagram. It's Luke or um, I have a TikTok account. It's layup Luke. And um, yeah, those are really the two methods right now that I got.
0: Great. And, um, I'm looking forward to seeing your journey, too, in the ATG, seeing uh, you get back to dunking and being able to incorporate that into your uh, trick shots.
1: Yeah, same here. (laughs) Can't wait to get back dunking, and I really appreciate you having me on here, Red.
0: And thank you, everybody, for listening in and joining. Uh, My name is Coach Ray Z, and you can find me on all my social media with the same name. It's Coach Ray Z, even my website, CoachRayZ.com. So thank you for joining. (laughs)